Hello and welcome to This AFL Life. Uh, I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and once again, I am joined by my co-hosts, Susan Cadman and Rachel Hibbert. And now, I am going to hand it over to you, Hibber. Well, Alison, I am aware that we do not have the thorough truth bombs that have previously been so eloquently delivered by our predecessor, Julia Kiera, and nor... Do Caddy or I have the impeccable gun show or backline bite of Meg Mack? But what I do have is an incredibly lame skill set and desire to rhyme. So (laughs) this week I have prepared like never before and I present to you and our coveted listeners AFLW Round 3 Weekly Wrap-Up. Okay. The Saints invited the Dees to Moorabbin for a nail-biter. We witnessed the start of something special, one Caitlin Greiser. Paxi was a ball magnet, but that surprised neither you nor me. With 26 disposals and four tackles, she was her normal self, to a T. The pride round of Carlton and Dogs at Witten was as successful as ever. People of all walks and identifications were welcomed, warmed and treasured. The game itself was full of guts and hard hits, not to mention some great rainbows adorning their kits. Now, if I were late for my own wedding, I wouldn't even be able to run as fast as McLeod. Her 400 metre dash with the ball, an opponent sparked serious cheers from the crowd. Georgia G kicked three, and that itself rhymed. Her kicks through the big sticks helped Carlton's lead climb. Our closest star versus the proudest animal, it was sure to be a thriller. And wasn't it just, as Bates and Lugsy and Haworth all delivered. Metricon hosted the Battle of the North. The Q clash saw the Suns and Lions draw. The ball bubbled in the the Suns' 50 for what felt like eternity. But Kate Luckins, my God, did everything a defender should perfectly. So right now the Suns have felt everything a sport should with a loss, a win and a draw. I can't wait to see what they pull out next week against the more experienced North. My West effect was put to yet another time zone test as the pies flew to Perth and couldn't put the Westerners to rest. Roxy was Roxy and Rockstar she is. With marks, kicks and goals, the forward line was lit. (laughs) That one was for Ella. The pies were not shabby, though, and Shiny Layton was best on ground. For celebrations, that is, of course. She's hearty and boisterous and profound. Bowers now has 45 tackles across just four games. This season is hers for the taking. Maybe a medal with her name? GWS hosted the Eagles, who had also flown their nest. Travelling to Blacktown, the place of storms and sun and snow and heat. What next? The Eagles held strong at the start, but then severed. The Giants' scoreboard dominance came in the second. The GWS attack proved too much for the flock, as Cora found her feet and raised the price of potato stocks. (laughs) Richmond's home ground of icons still baffles me. Not North, though, who beat the Tigers with relentless ease. Bruton was brilliant, and North just looked too good. But Sab's goal over her head was enough to raise the roof. Now, cats are known to eat birds with ease and flair, which kind of happened at GMHBA Stadium. There's still some feathers left there. But the reigning premiers couldn't be silenced by the return of Meg Mack, 
as Ponta brought calm class and goals to give the Cats a season set back. So that's a wrap on round three. I can't wait for round four. We'll wait with bated breath to watch. Go on, girls. Give us more. Spectacular. Yeah. Uh, well, What more can we do? Let's, should we wrap it up? Yeah, thanks for joining us on <laughs> episode four. I just say I work at Holden and uh, we've been given our date of notice, so <laughs> I haven't had a lot to do this week. <laughs> Ibert also needs a job. (laughs) You can reach me at LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh, wow. It it was quite the round and I think you've brought the emotion. Yes. You brought all the the feels, Ibert. Thank you. Mm. That was amazing. Thank you. It was a privilege to watch it in action. What can I say? A bit sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Let's uh, let's go back in time to Friday night. Sports Almanac. Sports, sports <laughs> Almanac. <laughs> we three got together to watch a pretty amazing game of footy. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about the game, though, we just want to do a quick little pub review. Now, we watched the game at the Empress in North Fitzroy. It's a real, it was a real hike for me. It's a... <laughs> 20 metres. <laughs> Alison lives next door to the pub. <laughs> um, so just a little review of the Empress. Mm. Um, what, what, are the, what are the elements that we're reviewing on? Uh, so we are reviewing on the footy. Yep. The pub viewing. Yep. Burgers. Yes. And beer. Beer. Okay. Caddy? Thoughts? Well, firstly, I, I think we can – Definitely say our night was sponsored by Furphy. Yes, um, it was. <laughs> reasonably priced, very cold. Mm. There was probably more than necessary consumed. <laughs> Delicious. We had a late, it was a late call up, the Empress. Mm. Um, so we only managed to perch ourselves mm. on some bar stools, which, you know what, I liked it. It was around, there's some colourful locals yeah. who were very angry that I accidentally stole their stool, but mm. that's fine. Oh, <laughs> I understand that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was happy, actually. I was happy with the viewing. Good good proximity to the screen. Probably, I was probably sitting a little too close to the dartboard. I was was a little concerned because there was one very rowdy dart player who I think was also sponsored by Furphy. What about the – or, Al, you had a burger. I did. I had a burger. burger? Look, the food at the Empress is really good. So good. The burger was great. And they, they serve fries, like actual oh, yes. actual fries. Chippies. Yeah. Really yeah, good. I really agree. good burger. Mm. Yeah, I think that overall it was would return. Wouldn't mind a bit of volume on the footy. Yeah. The only addition that would be. But, you know, I'd be happy. We also had a pop-in visit from a oh, big, yes. big podcast fan, Jesse. Shout out. A little oh. shout out to you, our big demons supporter friend. Who came for a, a chat but seems so nervous he just nodded along with all of our said commentary. Better luck next time, mate. <laughs> Thanks for coming down though, Jesse. It was lovely to meet you. So good so good. So that's four things. Mm. So should we should we do like a star rating out of four? Yeah, I think so. That's that's a good idea. I'd give it a three, I reckon. Yeah, I'd solid mm. three. Yeah, yep. I think so too. Yep. yep. RFI maybe 
yeah, bit of volume, maybe less dangerous darts. darts. Less darts. <laughs> I think the other thing that we could improve on at the Empress is a bit of atmosphere. Mm. So if if we did want to build some atmosphere in a pub, mm. what if we had a little meetup of fans? Um, I'm up for it. Let's yeah. do it. Well, I have a proposition. Yeah. This Sunday, the 1st of March. Yes. There are three back-to-back games being played. Well, there are, actually. You're right. Two interstate mm-hmm. and one at Moorabbin, which I, I will be honest, is a trek yes. from North Fitzroy. Yes. You don't like crossing the river. It's oh, yeah. hard. Go north. But anyway, what if we had a pub meetup with anyone who wants to come at the Victoria Hotel in Brunswick where we can watch the football, create some atmosphere and also be very close to the Sydney Road Festival that's happening. I am 100% down for this. because it needs the two of you. Yeah. Um, look, I'll check my schedule, <laughs> but I probably can free it up. Oh, yep. Thank, thank Count you. me in. Yep, thank I'm you in. so much. That's okay. great. So it's a date. So wh- what's the wh- location? Location is Victoria Hotel on Victoria Street in Brunswick. Brunswick. Okay. Uh, I'll get you the exact address. Actually, Victoria Hotel actually was recommended to us. On Twitter. So that uh, that ties in nicely. Really? That is good. Really? Excellent. So it's uh, 380 Victoria Street, Brunswick. Word has it they're very good at um, showing AFLW. Uh, so if, yeah, maybe if we did, you know, 12.30 meet up. Yeah. Time for lunch and three games. <laughs> And this is a real insight into all of our lives because it's completely normal to organise a whole day of watching three games in a row. An actual shout out to um, – I don't know if you know that I have friends outside of football. <laughs> what do you? <laughs> but I do. And I just oh wanted God. to apologise profusely. They're definitely not listening to this podcast. <laughs> but I have actually had to schedule – you know, a 10 weeks in a row where I've said, I'm just so sorry, I'm not available. I just, I just I, can't do yeah, it. I, I'm so sorry. I'm away at the football. <laughs> Again, they're not listening, so maybe you can cut this. I don't know. But I guess a lot of our listeners are the same. So let's all be together. Yes. yes let's do it. Okay. This Sunday. Sunday, the 1st of March. Sunday, 1st of March, 12.30 p.m., Victoria Hotel in Brunswick. Excellent. Let's do it. Three games of footy, this AFL life, real life oh, yes. meetup. Yes. IRL. Can't wait to get the the um, phone recordings out after a couple of furfies. Yes, we could do a, um, a podcast recording on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> so how about we talk about some actual football? <laughs> so glad we got that sorted. Okay, on to the games, Al. Well, Friday night's game was an absolute beauty. Um, we all got our tip wrong, but it was good for footy, wasn't it? I loved it. Like, mm. low-scoring game, but what an arm wrestle. Yeah. And how good to see St Kilda winning their first game ever at their spiritual home. Like, yeah. What a, it just really warmed the heart. Yeah. I think a really 
great video was Re Watt getting interviewed after the game. Oh. oh, and she just said that she's grown up singing that song, going to that ground, and then she was playing on it. And I just think that's that's all those little girls. There they are now. So can't wait for more of that. Mm, yeah. So my kind of two takeaways from the game. Um, Melbourne kicked 1-8. They just didn't take their opportunities in front of goal. And we have, you know, we've learnt from the first couple of rounds, like bad kicking is bad football. But the other thing, St Kilda's pressure was immense, like just immense. And it just goes to show how well drilled they are because, you know, to apply pressure, you don't have to be the most skillful player. It's just about intent. And... Oh, there was a there was a a moment in the last few minutes of the game that really kind of stood out to me. Um, Elise Day, really calm, cool player, really really experienced. She got a free kick mm. um, for the last touch, and she probably needed to take about an extra four or five steps away from the player on the mark. She just got a little bit too close, so you know she's ended up looping her kick instead of you know. A penetrating direct kick and I just it, the pressure that had been applied by St Kilda through that frantic last quarter it made really experienced players even mm-hmm. feel it yeah no I, I totally agree and that's the second week in a row that we've seen St Kilda do that they did it against Adelaide and mm. were unfortunate to come away with the the loss but this this week they just oh it was it was so so great to see and it was the prime example of you do those training drills where the coach throws up the ball in a random position on the field and says, girls, it's a draw. It's the last – or, you know, you're up by five. It's the last two minutes of the game. What do you do? Mm. And it's pressure, pressure, pressure. And that is – that has come from their playing group and from one magnificent Peter Searle. Yeah. Caddy, mm. how about Caitlin Grosser? Oh, the G train. That kick – was spectacular. I mean, I know it's gone a little bit viral for all the right reasons. I'm loving it. Yeah. Honestly, what, like, we talk about inexperience. It's St Kilda an experienced team. We know that. But the composure and the, you know, confidence to launch that kick, oh, it was so great. She scored a um, rising star nom yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, very well deserved. Yeah. She, was, she was great. I saw a clip of Peter Searle on the women's footy show on Sunday and they were, she was asked about about Grisa and she said that it was actually a recruiting policy of St Kilda's to recruit a handful of players that could score goals from outside 40 um, and Grisa is one, Sheila's another and she did name a third and I can't recall who it was but I just found that really interesting. This is this is the the, the depth of, anal- of analysis that yep. a coach like Peter Searle goes yep. to it just it just broadens your scoring options. I actually think we saw that in the first season when it was a game of kicking it long mm-hmm. and the, the likes of um, Sarah Perkins who can kick goals from 50 metres out and, and that's something that I guess this season we, we get from Caitlin Greiser, um, which is really awesome. The next day was, oh, it was a beautiful day for footy and a beautiful day for a pride game. Western Bulldogs took on Carlton. Carlton won by 21 points. We all went to that game too. We did. Not together. I didn't sit with you though. Sorry. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've seen enough of you. Fair enough. Once in the weekend's enough. <laughs> How good were Carlton though? 
Again, oh. I've bloody written them off and here they come again. Like, I really... <laughs> Almanac. I thought it was a really good quality game again. Georgia G. Oh, yeah, she got pocket three, rocket. three goals. It was a very free-flowing game. Um, a lot of long kicking and quick bursts along the wing, um, which I really enjoyed. I think it's really great to see the games opening up a little bit. To me, no one stood out, stood out, but it was really great to see the Bulldogs getting themselves back in the game. Mm. They came back in that last quarter, but then the Carlton kind of snuffed them out. But it was really good to see that they didn't give up and they really had a crack, mm. which I enjoyed. I really enjoyed. Mm. I thought they were going to, I actually thought they were going to get there. But yeah. 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 I think you could tell that there was, dare I say, pr- pride on the line. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, big game for both clubs and mm. um, there was a desperation that, you know, there were some rough tackles and there were some hard hits as previously mentioned um, and and both teams were, were really in it to win it and you could see that when the Western Bulldogs were walking off the ground after um, the siren had blown, they were quite disappointed um, as, I mean, as you are when you lose any game but I think they obviously know the significance of the game um, and... Yeah, something that I was thinking about after the weekend of games and and having been at the Pride game on Saturday and I think Friday night was a was a Pride game but only St Kilda were wearing a Pride jumper and apparently Sunday's game Geelong and Adelaide was also a Pride game but all I had was some rainbow flags behind the goals. Yeah, that was it. Adelaide did. No, as in the goal umpires. Oh, right. That was okay. as close as all I saw. Of it. Should we actually have an official Pride round? I mean... Ad- adding to that, Fremantle had a great design this week, which was an Indigenous design, and there was a lot of um, celebration about um, that that special Guernsey and the their round of Indigenous Pride, and it just felt like the, the wires of um, themed rounds had been a little bit crossed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did think it was a... Pride round. I mean, th- there isn't an official Pride round in the AFLM. You know, surely AFLW could have a Pride round and you know take it to all corners of the country. What What do you guys think? I th- I think it's a really valid point, and I think AFLW is that community where we do have so much acceptance about the community surrounding the the sport. And um, it's not just the people who are barracking, but it's the people involved in the clubs and the players and um, their partners, etc. So, yeah, I think it would be really good to take it over to, obviously, to Western Australia and up north as well. Um, yeah, perhaps it is in the works for next year that we have a um, designated Pride round and Indigenous round as well, I think, is something that's um, really, really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really valid point, Al. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It sort of – it just looked super disconnected and mm. some teams having pride jumpers and others not and a bit of mixed messaging going on. I think it would – I mean, it's such an important space that is being like the AFL could really take a lead, mm. a real leadership role in this space. It would be really easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's hope next season, hey? Yeah. Well, let's – I'm – I'm on it. Let's push for it. We we are supportive. 
Uh, first ever Q clash in the AFLW was a draw. We all got our tips wrong. <laughs> what happens when there's a draw? You just zero nothing. Zero. Zero. What do you get? One. No. No. Yeah. Nothing. No, I'm just trying you to tip a draw, mate. Can. You got enough points. Don't oh. worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but even like four, four each. Four goals, four points each. Literally nothing separating them. Even when you look at disposals and whatnot. I think the Lions had a little bit more of the ball, but it did not feel like it. When you're watching the game, it just felt like the Suns had the ball and it was really, really hard for Brisbane's defenders to to shut them down. Yep. But they, they did successfully. Yeah. Um, Kalinda Howarth kicked three goals. She was the other rising yep. star nom, Kate Lutkins. Again. She's one of my faves. But she won the Q Clash medal. Q Clash medal. I don't know if it has a name. Um, yeah, a big best on ground medal. Bogsy, Bogsy, Bogs. <laughs> she, won, she was bog. Um, well deserved as well. But um, yeah, look, they're both quite exciting teams to watch. Mm. The Suns, they just look like they're having a lot of fun. And I think it's again, it comes down to a pressure. And if you can nullify another team's skills, like Gold Coast did on the weekend you will be victorious. And for them, a victory was getting a draw. Sure, they would have loved to win, but to not lose is just as good. Yeah. Um, so it was so good to see them just doing it for each other and, and, and for that um, red and yellow team. Saturday night, what a ripper of a game this was. Oh boy. Frio v Collingwood. <sighs> Some of the tackling in that game. Fierce. Fierce. Face, Savage. Face melting. Yes. <laughs> Now, we've held off talking about this particular player, Jamie Lambert. Chops. Chops. Anyone that watched her VFLW season, like she's not just continuing her good form, she's just kicked it up a gear. Yeah, she had an incredible season in the VFLW and it's just been so great to see her dominating Mm. at the AFLW level, like actually heads and shoulders above the rest and there's plenty of good players that are kicking around in Collingwood. So I was really excited yesterday to receive a text from my brother, which said, Jamie Lambert, freak game, dot, just amazing player, dot. And I said, agreed. Last year when we played them, there was a rotation of Bree Davey, Lambert and Chloe Malloy. We lost 77 to one or something. And he said, gee whiz, her dream team stats are literally double the rest of the next best in the round. 32 possessions is just off the charts. Thank you, Samuel, for yeah. engaging in <laughs> AFLW. Yes. <laughs> and the dream team, also great. But she's she's just on another level. The yeah. next best disposals were, I think, someone else had 22. Marinoff, I think. Had 22 disposals. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. in that game. Oh, sorry. Had 22 disposals. And so it just showed you she was all over the ball. Collingwood were all over the ball. Their possessions were higher. Their um, uh, disposals were higher. And yet they somehow didn't come away with the win. But it was just the Jamie Lambert mm. show. Well, she's she's averaging 24 disposals. <laughs> so she's had 18, 21 and 32. And she's also kicked four goals. Like, she's surely leading the pack in the whole competition. I can't I think of anyone else who's impacted games like her. I'd also love to know her time on ground. Because the thing with AFLW yeah. is that 15-minute quarters plus minimal time on – to get 32 disposals in a game is often, you know, 
not a huge uh, is a is a large stat in a men's game, which have a much longer time. So I would, I'd love to see the statistics on that. And um, mm, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, um, only uh, Eb Marinoff and Anne Hatchard are above her in total number of disposals this season. Right. Just huge. let's just keep watching and enjoying mm. her play. I reckon. Loving that she's getting the accolades she is. She deserves them all. Agreed. Yeah, but keep it up. Yeah, she's sixth in metres gained, second in contested possession. Yeah, she's just... Oh. Can't, cannot wait to see what else she's got. Yeah, one hand on the medal. Yeah. I agree. Another player that's got a hand on the medal, I reckon, is Kiara Bowers, though. Oh, my God. The tackling machine. Turbo. Oh, she's just epic. And, like... Oh, it's just imagine if we had have had her fit and playing from 2017. I can't believe that we haven't seen her um, before what last year? Yeah, last year last was her year first, first season. Se- yeah. She, oh my god, epic, mm. epic game. Yeah, um, but again, like theme from this game was you know efficiency in front of goal, pressure. They were just copping wave after wave in that last quarter and they just kind of held firm, Freo. But in, during the second quarter, there was some amazing stat where I think Freo were in front. They'd had four inside 50s to Collingwood's 20. Oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but, it, but they were in front. It was just an amazing oh, stat. Yeah, the defence. Yeah. <laughs> so on Sunday, uh, the Giants... Took care of the Eagles pretty convincingly. pretty convincingly. Beck Privatelli, she's just oh that contested mark. She's so she's a great contested mark and I I'm just so I mean, Alex Reynolds when she was in your chair a couple of weeks ago, um it, she said the same thing, but I'm just so I'm just so wrapped for her that she's had a second crack at it and mm. you know, she's literally Grabbing it with both hands. Yeah. <laughs> she is an asset to them, I think. Um, yeah. To, I mean, you've got Cora who's um, very skilled on, on foot. But yeah. to have Beck who can fly in the in the air and, yeah. and take those grabs. I heard Fridge get interviewed about this or while she was commentating. And yeah. she just said, to know that you've got Privatelli in your forward line, you can kick it into the forward line really convincingly mm. and know that she's in – the spot that she's trained to be in yep. with strong hands. Um, so to have that confidence in someone, um, GWS are, are really adv- at an advantage. Yeah. But I think also having Barclay back mm. really helped them too. Kind she's of, a bit of X factor, doesn't she? Yeah. And she just kind of stretches the defence a bit. But to be able to, you know, attack the goal square and have a target like, like Richo who yeah. can really take a good contested grab is just, yeah. Why is she called Richo? I think because she barracks for Richmond. Yeah, right. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. Makes sense. We're an inventive bunch, aren't yeah. we? Classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in terms of controlling of the ball, it was relatively even. You have um, Hooker, Parker, Swanson and Beeson, you know, two two from each team yep. dominating the disposals. It really just was how um, GWS used the ball. Yeah. They were ready to... From the get go, um, the pressure was on, and they were yeah they were out there to play, and it comes down to I think yeah u- use of the ball and experience on the park at that level. Elise Parker though, oh, she's a jet. Yeah, is she a gungalanger? <laughs> she's not a gungalanger, unfortunately, but she is a local to 
New South Wales ACT. So they're very, very proud of Elise. Yeah. 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 It's great to see her doing what she has done best for so long. I can't believe how young she is. Again, we've discussed this. I know we're broken records, but. The next game was at Icon Park. Uh, Richmond took on North Melbourne. Mm. North just put the foot on the throat, won by 56 points. They were just clinical. Mm. I think it was a clear example of having experience at an AFLW level across the park Mm. and having a team who have been playing together for two seasons plus a VFLW season. So... I just largely think that game count came down to experience. And yes, um, Richmond have done recruiting of some big names, but when you've got three big names versus 16 people on the field who are experienced together, it it was just... But also, cool. also a, you know, a midfield that is as deep oh, as Norts. Yes. I mean, yeah, they're, they're just... I think we said it last week. They're just mm. starting to... Make their move, I think, North. Yeah. Um, and the last game of the weekend was Geelong v the Adelaide Crows. You actually went down there, Caddy. I did. I went for a little jaunt down to Geelong. Torquay had a great swim in the surf, you know, really made a day of it. Um, Lovely. Which was delightful. I haven't never been to that ground before. So oh, it's big. It's it's huge. It's huge. Um Another cracking day to watch footy. Mm. It was a very, very free-flowing open game. I really, really enjoyed it. I think it was a really even game. The Crows kicked so straight. They kicked eight goals one. Mm. And I think they were pretty much straight shooters the whole game, basically. And I think it was, like, that's very impressive. Um yeah, I know there was a few controversial calls, but that's footy. Mm. And I don't think they were um I don't think the result hinged on them. No. Um just want to give a little shout out to our friend Maddie Guerin. Uh Mads G unfortunately did her ACL on Friday night. Obviously, she's got a really close association with the Falcons, so we were all really yeah. flat about it, but um we've all got you back. Mads G. Especially me, here with you every <laughs> hobble of the way. <laughs> is it an epidemic, Hiba? This is an interesting one. I have obviously had quite the relationship with the ACL club mm. over the last, well, really six years. I've done a couple. Yeah, just to recap, you are currently oh, rehabbing. Sorry. Yeah, I'm currently rehabbing. Um, I tore my ACL in July and had a RICO in August and then a second surgery in November. So I'm just back to running um, and in the gym. I spoke with my surgeon about this in our follow-up appointment back in late November, who is one of the, if not most renowned um, orthopedic surgeons in Melbourne. And he was... I I asked him flat out, I said, is there an epidemic of women in sport doing their ACLs? And he said, Rachel, if there is an epidemic, it sits with people under the age of 20, which I thought was an interesting comment because obviously we're reading a lot about women in sport doing their ACLs and there's a lot of factors that go to this. Is it your menstrual cycle? Is it your um, lack of 
training the right thing, what is it? Is it your biometrics? Who knows? A factor of lots of these things. But this under-20s thing, he went on to explain that it could possibly stem from kids not jumping out of trees and landing. We're inside more often and Mm. we're not climbing on play equipment because it's been removed by councils because it's deemed unsafe. And that kids who are spotted at age 12 and 13 as potential athletes are thrown into elite academies and environments without actually having any gym training or um, specialised training on muscles and ligaments and all of this jazz. And he said that he has seen a lot of um, under 20s, both boys and girls, and... I, I just don't know. I think, yes, there are more women competing in football now than there were before. So, of course, statistically speaking, there are going to be more ACL injuries just as there are men's. Dare I say, when I went in for my second surgery in November, which was a clean-up and a um, manipulation, it was me and two AFLM captains in the waiting room. Mm, yeah, right. So, uh, statistically speaking, speaking, there were more men than women Mm. (laughs) in that room. So, it's not new research we're seeing at the moment about women and periods and injuries and ligaments. There was a huge study done in 2002 um, on women who had just done their ACL and whether or not they'd had their period and what phase they were at and all of that jazz. And it, it will come to light over the next 10, 20 years. But I just wanted to kind of reiterate to anyone listening to not stop playing a sport because the fear of doing an injury yeah. frightens you to the bench. I I want people to participate. And if you get injured, which happens, you can deal with it. Yeah. And you, you could get hit by a car tomorrow on your way to work. Yeah. Just I mean, I hope they don't. I hope you don't. And the, I mean, the health and well-being benefits of participating in a team sport yes. far outweigh the risk of yes doing an injury. Yes, or they? if they don't, <laughs> if they don't outweigh the risk of doing an injury, they outweigh the risk of uh, other detriments to your health, i.e., mental health, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I just don't want this to become an epidemic of people and women not participating in sport because of this fear. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Play footy. Or it's soccer or basketball or netball or table tennis or lacrosse or squash or anything that gets you active and, and moving. moving. Yeah, but play footy. <laughs> footy is the best. Um, so just to recap, I thanks to the draw, because we've established that we don't get a charity point for a draw. It's just null. If you tip um, a draw, you get a point. That's <laughs> well, the that's, rule. That's, oh, I like that. Uh, well, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got three, which means I am now on 11. It's quick maths from you, Al. <laughs> I got four. I don't know what that brings my total You're on to. 14, okay. Am I the Ebony Marinoff of tipping to tackling? How many did you get, Caddy? Four. Good mid-range score for Yes, me. which means you're on 10. Oh, look at me come. I'm coming for you. <laughs> this week's games. 
Friday <laughs> at the really convenient time of 5.30 oh, in the honestly, afternoon. Honestly. I'm going to be there. At Marvel Stadium. I have to Stadium. leave work at bloody four. Yeah. But I'll be there. Marvel Stadium. Collingwood take on Melbourne. I am going to tip. Oh, this is so hard. I'm going to tip Melbourne. I'm going with Lambert. I'm going with the pies. Mm, I'm also going with the pies. Mm, I'm hoping there's some big ins for Melbourne this week. Shout next, out to Los Pierce. Yes, or? Los Pierce, no <laughs> pressure. Um, next game. Oh, it's oh, up at Queen Elizabeth Oval oh. and Bendigo. Richmond are taking on Geelong. I, I think Geelong have been unlucky. They've been playing some good footy. I like the way they move the ball. Meg Mack had a pretty solid return. Um, and we all love to see that. So I'm going to tip the Cats. Yeah, I think Geelong are going to get on the winning list yeah, this I'm week. I third that motion. Next game, Arden Street, North Melbourne take on newcomers, the Gold Coast. I'm going to mm. tip North. They were too good. Yeah. I mean, mm. hard to tip against them after last week. Yeah. I think... Yeah, hopefully Suns bring some pressure. Um, who knows if it'll last the entire game or not. Um, yeah, we're, I'm going for North. There will also be a Darabin contingent at that game. So if you see us, yes. say good day. Steer clear. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two different messages, Caddy. <laughs> um, then on Saturday night, the Eagles are back in Perth. They take on the Western Bulldogs. I'm going to tip the Bulldogs. Will the West effect come into play, Hibba? I'm tipping the Bulldogs too, though. I think they can do it. If I'm going by my West effect, I'm going West Coast. I'm sticking with it. But they (laughs) travelled. They did travel, but maybe they're used to it because (laughs) they've had to travel. And they've got the sports almanac code. (laughs) And that time zone, don't forget. In China. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, then on Sunday, the first of our triple header at the Victoria Hotel. <laughs> um, we should probably call them to actually. <laughs> should we? Ch- <laughs> we might have to nah. check if they've got Foxtel. Just follow our Instagram as well to yeah. updates at this AFL life. Um, Adelaide take on Carlton over in Adelaide. Oh, mm. I feel like Carlton are going to be the team that I just can't tip properly <laughs> like i want to tip them this is the grand final rematch rematch <sighs> i'm gonna say carlton oh, Allison. they break your heart every time every time uh, oh okay i'm going adelaide yeah it's gotta be the crows i mean that was really impressive the crows on sunday Shout out to Najwa Allen. She they played very well. She had a ripper. ripper. Very proud of her. But I, um, I would find it very hard to tip against the Crows in Adelaide. I really, mm. against anybody. I really don't think I could. Oh. Ponta's back. You're making me regret my tip. Nah, you've stick done with it. it. Um, nah, I've gone the Eagles. You, you can go Carlton. Count the Blues. Uh, the next game is at Moorabbin. St Kilda take on the Dockers. This oh. is going to be interesting. This is the first time the Dockers have travelled. Yes. Well, that means I have to go St Kilda. <laughs> I'm still going to tip the Dockers though. Yeah, it's got to be the Dockers. Do I sacrifice my West effect or my tipping? <laughs> <laughs> Not the tipping. No, no never I'm the going tipping. The Dockers. Um, and then the last game is 
Brisbane Lions v the GWS Giants up in Brizzy. This is a line line ball, but I think I'm going to go with the home team. I think I'm going to say Brizzy. Caddy? It's again. It's oh. like it's so hard. I, I can't up against my Giants. I just I feel like they're off and running now. Hopefully they can, and they fairly comprehensively beat Brisbane in a preseason game. Not that that I mean Brisbane in ripper form, but I don't know Brisbane. I keep tipping against them. They keep winning. So we'll see. Oh, I'm going GWS, <laughs> or am I going Lions? <laughs> I think you just said. I think you just. I think you just said GWS. Yeah, GWS. There you go. Tips are in. Mm. Well, before we sign off for the night, Hibbe, you've got a bit of a fun fact for us. Gotta find it. How many segments can Hibbe find (laughs) in one podcast? (laughs) That's the real question. What's your fun fact, Hibbe? Are you ready? Mm. Born ready. On Mercury. <laughs> Why would you wait until 11 p.m. <laughs> to tell us this fact? What has this got to do with China? <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. I thought I'd go with the time, yeah. you know, theme. On Mercury, a day is two years long. Jeez, how shit would a Monday be? Oh, imagine it. Yeah, <laughs> if that day was a Monday. Holy shit. But how good would a Sunday be? <laughs> imagine Just how many games of football in a Sunday <laughs> session you can <laughs> Wow. Let that Again, sit. we have reached delirium on this AFL life, so I think it's time that we all went home to bed. <laughs> Please, <laughs> let me, let me so go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us and we will see you hopefully on Sunday, but if not, next week on the pod. On your owl. Thanks for having us. See ya.